when people truly have a sense of their worth, it's like the experience of being in love. If you've ever had that experience, when you're in love, not only do you feel good about you and the person that you're in love with, but everything and everyone looks more beautiful, right? The sun's brighter, the flowers are, are sweeter, the, everything is more beautiful. And when people have a real sense of their worth, that's what the experience is like, is it's just this incredible depth of the, of, of the beauty that you are and the beauty that everything is. Mm, yes. Yeah. And that's what I want for everyone. Welcome to the Rise Podcast. Rise above your fears, rise above your challenges, rise above the unexpected. You have come here today to listen to leaders and everyday people from around the world talk on health, love, life, spirituality, business, and the planet. By listening to stories of others transcending their challenges, it expands your knowing to see and hear that you have the capacity to access the same resources and internal energy so you can rise into a state that will serve your abundance, flow, and harmony. I am your host, Amy Redans. Together, let's find a new way to get things done. Together, let's find a new way to be. Together, let's rise. In today's episode, I'm speaking with Michelle Masters. I've worked with a number of coaches over the years, and it's been interesting that so many of them have actually been trained or coached by Michelle. She has been labelled the trainer's trainer or the coach's coach. In this episode, she is delving deep into our belief systems and how so much of what is holding us back in life are our beliefs and how we can repattern those beliefs and transform into a new version of ours in an easy and effortless way. We delve into some woo-woo side of things around quantum physics and collapsing timelines and yeah, I feel like a bit of it might blow your mind or really question what is possible within the world. So I hope you enjoy this juicy episode. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Rise podcast. Today, I have with me Michelle Masters. She has been called the trainer's trainer or the coach's coach. And so today, I'm excited to have her here and share her wisdom on whatever topics we start to delve into. So welcome, Michelle. Thank you, Amy. So happy to be here. Thank you. I'd love for you to start and share with us what is your cultural background and how has that brought you to where you are today? I was born in Miami, Florida, only child, and uh, got out of there as soon as I was legally old enough to flee. Not, I mean, I just, Florida wasn't my particular place. And since then, I've been many, many places. I went to school in the U.S. Uh, Midwest up in Michigan. I studied in Germany. I lived in London. I lived in New York. I taught in Maine and Massachusetts. I went on expedition around the country. And eventually, I landed uh, in the San Francisco Bay Area. Mm -hmm. And how did your upbringing, how has it shaped who you are today? Well, I had the right parents for me. They had between the two of them a uh, a blend of they they were very different, and between the two of them, they covered a lot of what I needed. And um, 
it was not an easy time growing up. And so I think I realized that when I was 17, 18, I started to realize how much I based my, my only sense of worth really came from achievement. I had an achievement problem the way some people have a drinking problem. That was really my only way of having a sense of my worth. And even at like 18, I realized that's a problem. So I, I kind of took that off the table for myself for a while. I wouldn't kind of let myself be in situations where I could achieve or get um, attention for that. And I was kind of wandering in the wilderness for a while. When I eventually found the work that I do now, which I was looking for for a while, I realized I couldn't have found it any sooner because I needed to be a certain maturity. I was in around 30, 32 when I found the work. And um, I just wasn't mature enough before that, which is about as early as I would have been 32, would have been ready for it. And I still had a lot of those same issues. Um, I'd done therapy, which helped me understand them, but it didn't actually change them. And so I went into this NLP seminar, free seminar, and I could actually feel things just in a, within a half an hour, I could feel things actually shifting. It felt different in my body. The emotions felt different. And I thought, okay, this is what I've been looking for. And so in addition to learning it as a, a career path, as I was learning it, I got a whole lot of that work done on me and a lot of that old stuff revised, which was necessary. Um, and has led me to where I am today. Mm -hmm. So share us a little bit. What do you do today? Oh, um, well, I've been a trainer of NLP for like 27 years, I think. I work with one-on-one -on -one with clients. And I also have a, a catalog of classes that I teach, classes that I developed um, that cover a variety of topics, but that all of which have in there in common that they are transformational in nature. And so as people take the classes, there, there's at least in every class, there are some sort of activities or exercises or procedures they'll go through that actually starts to shift old blocks and patterns that have been in the way to free them up to, to be or do or have more of what they want, whether it's around money or love or, um, you know, creating magically in the world. I have workshops on different topics because everybody's got different places where they're needing help to help permanently shift that within someone's system so that life can be better and easier without them having to try harder. Mm -hmm. And I firsthand have seen you do your magic with quite a few people I've known. And, um, you know, I've also have done a couple of your courses. So I've seen your magic firsthand and it's interesting to watch you, you do your thing. And, um, you know, I love seeing people come out of your courses and they're like, oh, my, Amy, why didn't I work with Michelle sooner? Like, why didn't I listen to you five <laughs> years ago? <laughs> Obviously, it wasn't right timing. But what do you feel is the magic source to people transforming through right. the work that you do? Right. Well, what most people don't realize is the things that keep us stuck are almost never conscious. If they were conscious, you would have changed them already. Most of the things that keep, and I say most to be polite, most of the things that keep us stuck are old patterns, beliefs, or associations that at this point are automatic. 
They are outside of our conscious awareness and they run 24 seven. And so what people often try to do is they, when they try to change, people try to change consciously. And the conscious mind for an adult, the conscious mind, the conscious brain is a different part of the brain from where these old patterns that are in the way are stored. Literally, they're different parts of the brain. And so most people are trying to change something consciously where they have no access to the things that are actually stuck. It's a little bit like if there's a, if you're in a, let's say you're 40 years old, if you're in a 40 story building and there's a crack in the foundation and you're hanging out in the penthouse trying to fix the crack, it will never work. Because mm-hmm. it's literally a different part of the brain. And people make themselves crazy. They feel like they're broken. They're lazy. They're stupid. If they just tried harder or if they, if I could just, and they beat themselves up. And it's not that they're lazy. It's not that they're broken. It's not that they're stupid. The patterning is literally held in a different part of the brain. It's automatic. It's like wired in, neurologically wired in. And so the, the, a lot of the change patterns that I'm using with people are accessing that old wiring and updating it, like rewriting software, but accessing it in the part of the brain where it actually is instead of just consciously talking about it, we're actually going into where that's stored, finding out what's there, rewriting it, revising it, and then that becomes more automatic. And so people say it feels like magic because they don't have to do anything different. They're just all of a sudden they're making more money or they're happier or they feel lighter or you know, fill in the blank according to what they want. But, but changes just start coming because they didn't even realize the things that were generating the limitations before were being run from this whole other part of their system. Yeah. And, you know, what I find interesting, you know, you sharing this, that, um, you know, we are rewiring when we're doing the work that you teach, we are rewiring all this subconscious stuff. And yes, sometimes we will have like, you know, the transformational tears and breakdowns, but often like doing your work is so simple. Like I'm just stepping into a circle, saying a couple of things and stepping out of a circle. And I'm like, like, is this actually doing anything? So can you talk to, talk to yeah. that? Because a lot of it is so simple. Yeah. And people are stunned at like, that's it. Like uh, sometimes at the end of a two-day workshop, people will say to me, okay, well, now what do we do? And they expect me to give them an action list. And what I say is go home. You know, like you did this go home, let this integrate and see what happens. And a lot of times people don't even realize things have changed because it feels so seamless until like they would actually say, oh, nothing changed. But when they go to do their financials, they'll not like with money magic, they'll do their financials and they'll notice their income doubled or tripled and they didn't notice. And they'll always say to me, they'll either say one of two things. They'll say, I, I didn't do anything differently. Like, how is this possible? I've even had people who've, who their income hasn't changed, but their standard of living is completely different. Like they're doing the things they want to do. Their debts cleared up. They're saving money, even though their income didn't change and they can't figure out how, um, or the other thing they'll say is, you know, well, out of the blue, after the workshop, I got this, you know, promotion. I got this, I got all these clients out of the blue. These people called me that that's the, the two most common things I hear is they didn't even notice it changed. And then all of a sudden it was like, oh my God, this is all different. Or they'll say out of the blue, this happened, this happened, this happened, this happened. This one lady, 
she said to uh, somebody was talking about taking the class again and they mentioned it to her and she said, oh, I took that. Nothing changed. And her friends looked at her and their jaws dropped open because she had been in the in the midst of an on, uh, uh, an ugly divorce proceeding for years. There were things she wanted. She wanted, you know, she wanted financial independence. She wanted to be able to take her family on a cruise. There was all these things she wanted. Within, I think, two days of the finishing the class, the uh, the judge in the court case, out, out of the blue, unexpectedly, settled the entire thing in her favor, which was about a $2 million, you know, windfall. Mm-hmm. And then she won a cruise. She said, I don't even remember signing up for it, but she won a cruise where she could take her family. It was like four things like that, that she hadn't put together, but it was everything that she had wanted. And they came about in these, what felt like magical ways. Yeah. Amazing. I was going to share and say, um, when I did Money Magic, it was only within um, two weeks. We had spent about 18 months trying to manifest a new house to move into, like a, a big house. There was, we had just had our, well, when I started manifesting the house, I was pregnant with our third child. We were living in a tiny two-bedroom bedroom cottage. Um, me and my partner, two kids, one kid on the way, and my mum would often stay with us. So <laughs> a lot of us in this tiny little cottage. And we were trying to manifest this big house on in a beautiful big block of land in amongst lots of trees. And, yeah, within two, your money magic course, it goes for 10 weeks. And in week two, we got our house. It was on the other side of the country. And so I was doing your whole course, moving to the other side of the country. <laughs> but... Yeah, wow. we got it. We got we got our house. And so, um, yeah, there's so many beautiful stories through through the courses that you do. But yeah, I'd love for you to share what has been a big challenge for you in your life and how has this work supported you through through that challenge? Well, for me, it, like I said, the biggest challenge I always had was having a sense of worth. Like, uh, you know, I got it through achievement, but I didn't really have a, an innate sense of it. And so as I was taking, learning how to, to use these skills and tools, I had a lot of work done on me as well. And so some of that shifted. And then when I was, I was actually asked to create the money magic workshop, I wouldn't, have, I wouldn't have come up with that on my own. I, w- I would have, <laughs> I was probably on a list of a thousand things to do a workshop. It probably wouldn't have made the list. Like that's how little interest I had or attention on money, but it's become that it's turned out to be this huge blessing. But one of the things that I had noticed in working with clients is how often that, that concept of worth and deserving comes up for people. And so as I um, was designing the workshop, I put in a piece around that. And I always take myself through stuff um, that I'm going to, you know, offer to other people just to make sure it doesn't cause any unsightly blemishes or, you know, water retention. I try stuff out on me first. And uh, that's one that I will still go back to because all of us, all of us could use some upgrades on our sense of worth. Mm-hmm. That's been And that for me is one of the most precious parts of getting to do this work with people is getting to alleviate some of that. I was teaching this workshop in the first time in person in a couple of years, back in January, I was in Sedona and uh, I was asking these folks what they wanted to come out of this workshop. 
And this guy raised his hand and he said, you know, I just want to be the best version of me. And I got hit. It was like five minutes into the workshop. I got hit with this incredible wave of emotion. Like I actually teared up. And I looked at him and I said, look, buddy, box ticked, you know, don't have to worry about that. Now, what would you like? It was, it was simultaneously like all this love and appreciate. I never, I just met the guy, but it was, there was all this realization of the beauty he is, the, you know, the wonderfulness that he already is. And this simultaneous heartbreak that he didn't know that. And it's how I feel so often. I mean, almost none of us really have a sense of how, utterly magnificent and wonderful and beloved we are and that makes everything harder Mm -hmm. and when people have a real sense of their worth some people think that that leads to overconfidence that does that's not overconfidence overconfidence you know when people are kind of braggarts or arrogant that's not too much worth that's actually a lack of worth that gets it just gets um it just gets played out differently some people do it straight on i'm worthless and others like no i'm the greatest but they're the same dynamic they're they're not actually people who really have a sense of their worth when people truly have a sense of their worth it's like the experience of being in love if you've ever had that experience when you're in love not only do you feel good about you and the person that you're in love with but everything and everyone looks more beautiful right the sun's brighter the flowers are are sweeter the Everything is more beautiful. And when people have a real sense of their worth, that's what the experience is like, is it's just this incredible depth of the amount of the beauty that you are and the beauty that everything is. Mm, Yes. Yeah. And that's what I want for everyone. Yeah. Yeah. Love it. Mm. So can we go a little bit more into the woo-woo side of things? Oh, always, always. Because <laughs> I know that you've got a course coming up that is already sold out, and I know it's the first one. But um, you, you have shared a little bit that it's delving into quantum physics and collapsing timelines. And so, what has been your experience of that side of the world? Like, and because obviously you're going to be bringing those teachings into this course. So, what have you experienced in terms of? quantum physics and collapsing timelines what does that look like for you mm-hmm. well I, I i've had bits and pieces of experiences over the years for for and i and i took a class of matrix energetics back in 2008 2009 something like that with uh, richard bartlett and melissa joy and that was a very quantum way of working and the thing the interesting thing about working quantumly is when you are working quantumly you're not necessarily doing anything as a a lot of, especially in Western civilizations. And I would include Australia as part of that there. We do have this feeling like we need to do things. Whereas when you're working quantumly, there's not a lot of doing, but what Richard Bartlett and Melissa joy who helped him, it was his creation. She helped him. What they were doing was giving you a way of, like a way of doing the not doing, if that makes sense. So that, because it was too big a concept to wrap their head around. So that was, that was really useful for me because I had already up until that point 
had these magical kind of experiences, but I didn't have a, a way to codify them as well as I did after. And then that opened a door, a doorway. And a lot of the things that had been kind of just oddities in my past, they all kind of came together. And I started to notice like I was, um, <clears throat> like I had been saying for a while, you know, the time, the way we think of time, time doesn't exist. Like any physicist worth their salt will tell you linear time. Time is a linear progression from the past to the future. That's how we view time in our everyday life, that it's a linear constant. It moves at a constant pace and it moves from the past through now to the future. That's how we think of time. That is actually not how time works. And all and physicists know this. Um, and they will talk about all things happening, like all of time exists at once. And time is bendable. It's flexible. It folds in on itself, as does space. That's the other thing. We think of space as, you know, if you're in Brisbane and you want to go to Perth, that there's a certain amount of space that you have to cover. And it's a fixed distance. That's how we think of it. That's actually not how space works either. If you so, I mean, in computers, we have something called random access. So if you look at a picture, you're not necessarily looking at the picture, you're not scanning it in a linear fashion going like this, mm -hmm. right? You kind of look at the whole, or you might focus on this part or on this part or on this part, but you're not seeing it in sequence. And this is a lot how. Um, time actually works. Time is, is, and space. When people focus on the space program, I put this as a addendum and there was a chapter from my money magic book that um, I often offer as a bonus, but that didn't make it into the printed version because it, it was just, it was a little tighter without it, but it was about the way, way, woo, woo. And I put at the end, you know, space travel people who are traveling long distances in space are not doing it the way that we are doing it because that just, it takes time and it, and, and it takes resource. I mean, the way they are moving it, uh, people who move through space can do it in an instant because space, it's non-local. This is a quantum way of, of, of living just the way if you're, um, if you're on, if you're, if you've got a remote control, you're looking at your TV, you can move from one channel to another with the click of a button, right? Mm -hmm. You've just changed the frequency that your, that your t television is tuning into. Mm -hmm. Okay. You don't have to, it doesn't take years to get from channel three to channel 12, right? It's just a change in frequency. And this is actually how um, civilizations that, that traverse the galaxy, they aren't, it's not taking them light years. It's just a change in either dimension or frequency and a lot of dimensional changes frequency to move from one place to another. Mm -hmm. That's landing with me. Yep. Yeah, 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 yeah. And the same is true of time, actually. Same thing. And so I was in a workshop, I was doing my money magic workshop once and the way I had have devised it is um, usually there's like a bigger piece of change work and then there's some kind of break or something more light duty to give people a chance to kind of, if I'm doing my two day where it's all kind of crammed into two days, it's a lot of change. And so I would try and stagger it so that people's tanks had a chance to fill back up from the bigger change pieces before we did the next one. 
Because if you do try to do back-to-back big change pieces, it, it will just blow people's circuit. And at that point, you're not helping them, right? Yeah. They're just gone. So I had done this with this one group. I had done this big piece of change work. And I what I realized was it's about 4.30 in the afternoon. We're supposed to end at 6 or before. There's one more big change they need. But their systems were blown. And so I kind of felt into when would they be ready? And it felt like 7 p.m. Well, I didn't want to stay till 7 p.m., you know? So I moved time. I told them I was going to do it because I wanted to give them a heads up. In that moment, I knew I could do it. Now, if I wanted to show off for, for you and everybody and say, here, look, I'll move time. I can't do it to show off. But I had a reason, and it was a good reason. And in that moment, I absolutely knew I could do it. I not a doubt in my mind I could move time in that moment because it was required for their, for their well-being. And so I told them that, and they looked confused. And then I moved 7 o'clock into where we were, which was about 4.30. And I watched the, I was in person. I watched the entire group's head snap back. And this one woman actually burst out. She said, that should not have worked. You know, she was a little freaked out. We did the change piece. And then I moved seven o'clock back to where it should be. And the entire group went, oh, like they, you know, it was um, their systems reset and they were a little weirded out. But I had this, a similar example it was a two day workshop, the money magic workshop, and uh, usually Saturday, Sunday. And I had been on and on all day Saturday about how time doesn't exist. Time doesn't exist. Linear time doesn't exist. And that night when I went home, I fell asleep. Uh, I slept for what felt like eight hours. I woke up. It was 1130. I'm like, okay, 1130 PM. Went back to sleep, slept for what again, felt like eight hours, woke up. It was 1230. This kind of continued for every hour. 1230, 130, 2.30, 3.30, 4.30, 4 o'clock. And then all of a sudden I went, wait, it was 4.30 last time. I just slept for a big chunk of time and now it's 4 a.m. And I, I was really clear about when I had, because I always check the time when I wake up. And I, and I thought, okay, well, maybe I was wrong. I didn't, I was pretty sure I wasn't, I, w- I didn't misremember it, but I thought I'm just going to go back to sleep. Went back to sleep, woke up at 6.30, fine. Woke up again, 6 a.m. Mm-hmm. When I finally got up, all of my watches had stopped except one. So I decided to wear that one. Within about 40 mm-hmm. minutes of starting to teach, that one had stopped as well. At that point, I was starting to get, I was realizing what a convenience linear time is. Like it, it really does help us orient and it really gives us time, time. It gives us this ability to, to take an experience and, um, and, and experience it in components instead of, ha- instead of having to experience something as in its totality all at once. There's a real um, convenient factor and an, a stabilizing orienting factor to this way that we perceive time, even though it's not accurate. So I was ready for time to restabilize. So when I made that decision, all of a sudden my, my watch started working again. It was now about an hour and a half off because it had stopped. And I thought, okay, at the next break, I need to change that, you know. And when the next break came, it was only 40 minutes off at that point. But then I reset it and it stayed 
the interesting thing too about that workshop was I have all these different things I can do. I usually choose and pick, I have some stables, staples, but I usually choose and pick what I want to add in or take out based on the group. This particular workshop I did more than I had ever done with any group. Normally that workshop would run from 10 to six on the last day. We're usually done by 5 PM. I had done so much more than I'd ever done. And by four o'clock we were done. We'd done it all. So I, I've had direct experience multiple times, uh, no pun intended, of, ex of expanding time, of stretching time, of moving time, and of time collapsing. Um, so I, for me, that's, that's a given. In fact, we have in our house multiple timelines running. I've heard you say that before. What does that mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, and my partner and I are both flexible enough that it's okay. But here's, um, I can give you two examples. So one example is we have four cats and a small dog. <clears throat> so four, technically five small animals. We have a two-story house. Um, they often like to chase each other. And when they are upstairs and we are downstairs, it sounds like buffalo up there. I don't know how those little beings do it, but it really does. It sounds like buffalo. You'll hear them running around and then one or two or three of them will come flying down the stairs into the, the living room. Happens all the time. We know what, exactly what it sounds like and we would just look at each other and laugh. So there was a period, um, especially when a whole lot of stuff was integrating for me around um, different dimensional realities, it happened two or three times in a week where we were sitting there on the couch. We heard the thunder of the hooves upstairs, right? We heard the, we heard them come flying down the stairs and we looked to see, you know, who was it and nothing. It was nobody. And then we looked around and realized all five of them were sleeping. We could see all five of them sleeping. It was clear as day. We both heard it. That happened three times that week. So some part of us was, was hearing a different time when they actually were doing that. Like those times were kind of collapsed together. Mm -hmm. So there was the reality of they were all sleeping peacefully and there was the thundering hooves and then the flying down the stairs. Those were collapsed into one. We've had that happen um, on other things as well. Or there have been times when uh, <clears throat> I wanted to, I was going to leave. I, my keys live in a little bowl by the door. It is the key spot. It's the only place I put my keys, my car keys. So I went to leave and my keys were not there. Now it's easy in a bowl to see if your keys are there. It's not like it's you're digging around a giant purse. It's a bowl. They were not there. So I kind of checked pockets. Nope, not there. I was alone in the house. I had no idea what to do. So I did something else. Half hour later, I went down. The keys are in the bowl. Nobody else is in the house. Right. And it occurred to me, oh, some other version of me was using the car. Because there's, yeah, right. Because we're, we don't just exist in one time. We don't just exist mm. in one dimension and we don't just exist in one uh, reality. So um, those are the kind of things that happen a lot in our house. And, and sometimes it's, uh, we've got, because of the work we do, we've got a little bit of a, dimensional freeway interchange running in our house. And so sometimes we'll be sitting here and there'll be this crash in the kitchen. Like 
-hmm. everybody's head turns our heads turns the pets heads turns we'll go in there nothing has moved nothing is broken there is there is no way to account for it in objectively Mm -hmm. Uh, if this happens all the time and so for all of this to have start happening within your house did you like set an intention that you wanted to create different timelines like how how did this all start (laughs) no we didn't set that intention it's just that we we are comfortable working within different realities so our our beliefs filter our perception right we this is this is the bread and butter of our of my work actually Mm -hmm. and some of those beliefs are fine they don't cause any problems and some of our beliefs are what we would call limiting beliefs but they filter our perception we do not perceive anything as it is we only perceive things subjectively through our filters It's, it's all you can do and this is the basis of quantum mechanics too it will tell you there is no out there out there separate from our perception because the out there changes with whoever is watching it okay so if someone has a belief a belief set that says that can't ha- those kind of things can't happen then their system will filter them out and they will not notice or they will pass it off as well i must have just blanked i must have just but they will account for it in a different way because one person who is clear however like on that day when i moved time i was completely clear that i could move it i knew there wasn't there was no doubt in my mind and that because i was clear that i was able to do it for the entire group now whether later or not later on they kind of blanked that out maybe like if that was a real threat to their sense of well-being they may have kind of blanked that out or written it off as something else but in that moment i was clearer than they were yeah and so i was um i was able to do that uh without a lot of interference so no we didn't set it up this way and it is how um because when i'm teaching i'm never teaching on just one level and i always have help and i have help both in the world and what we would call I don't know how you want to call it. I have help from many, many dimensions, which some mm-hmm. people might want to write me off, but you can see it happen. Uh, I don't know. I don't know that it's happened here on this one, but this, I have a virtual background behind me. I have a green screen. So it's a lot more stable than just a zoom filter. The green screen makes that image behind me a lot more stable. But when I'm getting an especially large amount of help from the expanded realm, shall we say. There will be pulses of light behind my, usually it's my my right shoulder, which the human eye can't see, but the camera picks it up. And so it flat, it whites out the green screen for a minute. So it'll be like these flashes of light or green Mm -hmm. that show up. Some days it's a lot more than others, but it has nothing to do with the lighting. It's actually the, the, um, those, Pulse, those electromagnetic pulses register on the, the camera, a high def camera, and it whites, it blanks out the screen. So it, it, sometimes it's incredibly obvious. Yeah, got it. <laughs> well, you've given um, 
us some pretty awesome things to process <laughs> and awesome to hear. Yeah, now I feel like what is possible, right? Um, and I've been getting a lot of messages lately around finding ways to do things with ease and flow because I feel like as we, you know, especially my upbringing, I've come from um, parents that have an impoverished background and my mum my has come from an impoverished Asian background when the, all their belief systems are working hard, you work hard. Mm -hmm. um, and even when she comes to visit us now, she's like, why aren't, why aren't like you and your partner, why are you going and getting a job? She doesn't realise <laughs> that we're making money quite easily in our um, back office. So, yeah, it's breaking down those belief systems around needing to work hard in anything, in mm -hmm. anything in life. So, yeah, I love him. I'm just, yeah, soaking up mm -hmm. what you're sharing here around what is possible and how easy things are to access mm -hmm. and change and shift. So can you give us some takeaway messages? What are your three takeaway messages around how easily we can rise above our challenges? What are three tips you can give us? Well, message number one is if you don't have what you want, it's not because you're broken. It's not because you're lazy. It's not because you're stupid. It's nothing that's wrong with you. If you don't have what you want or if you're experiencing a lot of pain or limitation, it's old patterning. That's all. It, it's old automated patterning. And that patterning can be revised. And it doesn't have to be hard and it doesn't have to hurt. Right? That patterning can be revised. So one, there's hope. Message number two is if you think you have to do more, be more to be worthy of good things, of love, of of abundance, of well-being? The answer is no. You all, there is not a, we're the only species that does this. Trees are not wigged out about whether or not they are worthy enough, right? I told you I've got four cats. They are not worried about it, right? We are the only species that questions it. And it doesn't necessarily help us to hold ourselves as unworthy. And so Anything you can do that lets you start to experience, you know, if it's not with me, with somebody, lets you experience more of the true worth that you are is fantastic for you and every single person you come into contact with. Because I know a lot of people are worried about, they say, I want to make a difference. You, every single person on this planet will make a difference. You will make a ripple. That is guaranteed. The question is, what kind of ripple are you going to make? And the more you experience your worth, the real beauty of who you are, the more beautiful the ripples, truly. It's the greatest gift you can give yourself and every single person you encounter is to get to experience really the beauty and worth that you are. That would be the second. Um, is there a third? Uh, the third would be that you don't just exist in this time and space. You are actually eternal. There is so much more to all of us than we realize. We exist inside time. We exist outside time. We exist across dimensions. And there is so much magic and potential in all of us that we've only barely begun to touch the, the tiniest bit of the surface of. And anything you can do that lets you connect more with the totality of you, again, magnificent for you and everybody that you come in contact with. And I really think that's what this period in, 
in humanity's evolution is about is a bringing so much more of ourselves together and letting it flourish love it thank you thank you so much you're so welcome and for those that want to work with you where can they find you Uh, my website michellemastersnlp.com is an easy way to contact me for either if they want to work one-on-one i i still have some of those sessions they're getting harder and harder to my my teaching schedule is is expanding um so fast or through workshops workshops are a really cost efficient way to get a, a lot of bulk change done yeah yeah and i will share any upcoming courses in the show notes for this highly recommend working with you for anyone that wants to easily shift through their stuff um, so thank you so much for sharing so much thought-provoking um, insight today with us. You're so welcome, Amy. Anytime. <laughs> thank you, Michelle. Until next time. Bye. Bye.